to give not only with her finances, but to give all, give everything, which may seem like a tall order, but he calls us into a place of surrender, to give everything for him to be everything for us. So hear these words from Psalm 119. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Let's praise God.
Let's pray as we continue to worship. Heavenly Father, as we gather every Sunday to come before you in your presence, as we worship, we pray that you would continue to lead us in a posture of surrender, not only on Sundays, but Monday to Saturday, in all the things that we do, in every sphere of our lives, we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would lead us to be in a posture of surrender to you in all the things in our lives and through all the things in our lives. Out of gratitude for the one that has given all for us so that we may live, we pray that you would continue to lead us and draw us closer to you so that we may be more like Christ day by day. As we continue to worship, we pray that you would continue to guide us and dwell among us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, New Life. So, welcome to New Life Church. My name is Sean, and I'm uh, the Life Groups and the Young Adults Pastor here at New Life. A special welcome to all the guests in person or online. We're glad that you're worshiping here with us. We would love to help you get connected in our community. So if you're a guest among us today, I invite you to fill out a Connect card. Uh, you, they, they can be found in the seat pocket in front of you. And after filling it out, bring it to the info booth in the foyer. And when you do, uh, there will be a, a friendly face that would welcome you with a New Life gift bag that has a New Life tumbler and a bag of Missions coffee. For those of you worshiping with us online this morning, please drop a comment sharing where you are and who you're watching with. Now, our vision at New Life Church is to touch lives with the transforming love of Jesus Christ. Now, in order to do this, we believe we need to first encounter this transforming love of Jesus in worship as well as in community. And that is where life groups come in. Life group is a small group ministry at New Life. It's a small gathering of 10 to 12 people that meet during the week usually at someone's home to study the Bible together and do life together, whether that be through sharing meals together, going camping together, or going through some of life's challenging and difficult situations together. It's how we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. To grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we need community. Discipleship is not an individual exercise. So growing into mature disciples of Jesus cannot happen without the biblical community where we can love and be loved, where we can receive grace and extend grace, where we can watch the transformation of our brothers and sisters in our small groups, in our community, as well as watch and, and for them to also watch our transformation as Christ is formed in us. And we believe this is best done in life groups. Whether you're someone exploring Christianity or have been a believer for a long time, life groups are for everyone. So if you're not already part of a life group, or you've taken a break from being part of a life group, could I encourage you today to prayerfully consider joining a life group? If you've been waiting for a sign from God to join a life group, this is it, right here. It's not going to get any clearer than this. This is the sign for you to join a life group. So if you'd like to join a life group, Please come talk to me after service, or you can email me at sjung, S-J-U-N-G, at newlifecrc.ca. Also at New Life, the seniors have worked hard to create an amazing community. 
And New Life Seniors meet on the first Sunday of every month for lunch after service. They're meeting today upstairs in room 303. So through this door, you'll see an elevator. You can take the elevator upstairs or up the steps. Anyone is welcome to join them, especially for those 65 and over. We're also opening up a new community space where seniors can enjoy some interaction with one another. We're inviting you to check out Coffee and Cards on Wednesday, February 15th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Hosted in the library room just inside the front lobby. It will be a great time of conversation over a cup of coffee or tea. Or you could play a board game with others. We have some available at the church or you could bring your own. It's open to folks in the neighborhood, especially in the 65 plus population. And if you're unable to make it, don't worry. We hope to make Coffee and Cards a monthly event every third Wednesday of the month. So invite your neighbors and friends out for some company and your favorite board games. We look forward to seeing you there. Well, I mean, I won't be there, but I mean, because I'm still under 65. I mean, I, but I'm happy to be there. <laughs> if you invite me, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> Every Sunday, we have fellowship time, and this serves two purposes. It's a time to meet someone new and extend to them the peace of Christ. It's also a time for parents to bring their kids downstairs without missing any part of the service. Kids three to five years old will go to Little Lights, and kids in grades one through five will go to Kids Church, both groups using the door on my right. Now, in case you're wondering if we missed the offering time, we haven't. Today, we'll be doing the offering at the end of the service as a way to respond to the sermon about money. So now we will start our three-minute fellowship time. If you're, not sure to what, uh, if you're not sure about what to talk about with your neighbor, ask them, what's something that you don't like to spend money on? Have a great Sunday. Yeah. 
please take a seat. If you would, please take a seat. Well, good morning. And welcome again to New Life. Really glad you're here. And to our guests as well. Just wonderful to be together. Oftentimes we suggest, uh, you know what, leave everything else behind. You come into this place just to meet God. But this morning, I, I want you to, I want to invite you to uh, gather up all of the stuff uh, from your life and bring it here. A lot of times we say, no, you've got to leave it behind. But I want us to be able to bring all of the stuff of our life together before God. And uh, for that purpose, let's join together in prayer. Almighty God, we're praising you this morning, lifting up your name because you are everything in our life. You, you are God. You're the master of our lives, the ruler in our life, the, the savior of our life. And for that, we give you thanks. God, as we bring all of uh, our life to you, we acknowledge that some of it is broken, some of it is just a mess, some of it uh, we're, we're quite proud of, maybe even too proud of, some of it, God, we would rather get rid of, some of it we Hold on too tightly. And so we offer it all to you, God. We pray, God, that as we come to your word, that you can speak to us. Speak to us of your grace, of your tremendous love for us, Speak to us, God, of your mercy, of your desire to extend that mercy to others in need. And so may we follow in your footsteps. Gracious God, we pray for those uh, who are worried about loved ones who are sick. Pray for those who are sick, especially in this congregation. Father, lift up uh, Gary Walters. Bless him today. Be with Joyce Venema. Watch over her. Provide healing. And for others, Father, who are struggling with illness and health, God, be gracious. For those of us, God, who Grieve the loss of loved ones. Show us your love. Surround us with your presence to comfort us. Those of us, God, who are worried of just different circumstances in life. 
God, reveal yourself together uh, to us in fresh ways so that we can embrace you, so that we can trust you, so that we can bring all of these worries to you and know that, that you hold us in your hand. You hold this whole world in your hand. God, as we look upon the world in the midst of war and violence and turmoil and disruption, God, have mercy. And so speak to us. Show us your grace and your love and your favor. And may we in turn give all the praise and glory to you, not only as we sing, pray, and hear your word, but also as we live our lives. May it all be to your glory. Help us, God, to show off your kingdom, a kingdom that you have restored from this world. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, so as uh, has been mentioned, we're going to be talking about money. I remember the beginning of my ministry, an elder took me aside and said, Pastor, just remember, whenever you talk about money, you're going to be in trouble. So that's why I'm a little nervous this morning. fella called the church one time and said, um, yeah, I'd like to talk to the head hog at the trough. The receptionist said, uh, excuse me? Oh, you know, the guy, uh, the head hog, the trough. Sir, if, if you mean the pastor, you're going to have to refer to him with more respect than that. Oh, he said, wow. I just wanted to donate $50,000, wanted to talk to him about, you know, where best be used. Oh, well, if you'll just hang on a minute, she said. Um, I think he just, the big pig just walked in the door. (laughs) Everybody gives in to money. And there's always more need for money. This morning, we want to talk particularly about giving giving away our money. And you got to wonder, is there more reason than simply that organizations need our money? Is, is there any grace in giving? More than just saying, well, I paid for that and it, it succeeded and it, it, it helped to build the kingdom. Is there any grace in giving? We're in this series called Resolve, in which we're just looking at different aspects of our lives to see where can we grow, personally, maybe spiritually. And giving is one of those areas, I think, where we can grow, particularly spiritually. I want to read uh, from 1 Kings chapter 17 and uh, reflect on... um, why does God call us to give? What, what, what's behind all this giving? Here's a story about Elijah. Elijah was like the greatest prophet known in Israel. Like he, he was just super prominent. 
And uh, Elijah's in the midst of famine because of all of the disobedience of Israel. This is during the time of uh, King Ahab. If you know King Ahab, he was one of the most wicked uh, kings of Israel. And uh, consequently, God cast uh, the people of Israel into famine. And, uh, but here's the story of how God graciously provides for Elijah. First of all, he, uh, God places Elijah beside a brook. And so he's got a you know, uh, supply of water there. And then somehow, miraculously, God feeds him with food, sustains him, nourishes him by ravens, by, by lousy birds of the air. Very strange. In that way, God provides. And then, and then the brook dries up, so now he's out of water. So God said, tells Elijah to move. Uh, go outside of Israel, which was a big deal. To be, I mean, that's, that's virtually like going outside of the presence of God. But there too, God says, go there to a place called Zarephath, and you'll meet a widow, and, uh, and she'll, she'll provide for you. So then we pick up here at verse 10. So Elijah went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? No big deal. So as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I, I, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Whew. Elijah said to her, don't, don't be afraid. Go home. Do as you have said, but first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Well, here's a story of just a dance of giving going on. Everybody's giving. God is giving to Elijah. The widow of Zarephath is giving to Elijah. Elijah is giving back to the widow of Zarephath through God's provision. And, and this says something about our giving, that, that it reflects God's image. It's, the story isn't about Elijah. It's not about widow, the widow. It, it's about God. God is that kind of God of giving, of generosity, of, of just a, a magnificent giving. That's, that's the kind of God that we serve. We, we read about that in the very first pages of Scripture, way in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. God creates an entire world, and then he gives it away. He gives away 
the dominion, the, the, the right to rule over the world. He gives it away to the very creatures that he has made. Genesis 1, 28. And then in the very next verse, God gives then away everything that you might need. Places the human beings that he's created in the Garden of Eden and says, just have everything you want. There it is. I give it to you. Well, except for one thing. Trust me, I'll provide. God's that kind of giving God. So when he gathers the people of Israel as his own people and places them in the promised land, he's given them a land and he says, I'll provide for you and I'll give you everything you need. And then the commandment is, but I also want you to give something back to me. God suggests 10%. 10% of whatever you bring in, give it back to God. As a way to reflect God's image, as a way to reflect this kind of generosity that God displays in human beings and then calls them to reflect that image. So that in the New Testament, we get, we get to God redeeming the world because human beings didn't trust God, didn't think that he could provide everything. And so they tested God in eating that fruit that God had forbidden, just the one thing. And then in the New Testament, God continues to be that gracious giver and gives his only son that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. God's that kind of gracious, giving God. And we're called to reflect that image. So back in Genesis, right, the offspring of Adam and Eve reflect God's giving image by giving offerings. But just like talking about money puts you into trouble, so does giving. When God commanded the Israelites to give, it put them into trouble because they thought they were paying for God. So in the New Testament, when Jesus talks about giving and he admonishes the religious establishment of that time, the religious leaders, he says this in Matthew 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, Jesus says, without neglecting the former. It's not that you have to do away with the giving. It's that giving itself you've corrupted. You thought it was a fee for services. You thought it was paying for me to be, to be uh, favorable to you. But the grace in giving is that in so doing, we get to reflect the image of God. We get to learn to behave like God so that we too can seek justice, extend mercy, and be faithful to our God. That's the grace of giving. God 
God wants his people to imitate his own holiness. By not, by not treasuring the stuff we have to say, this will save me. But to reflect the very nature of God. That's grace. It's graceful. It's, it's, it's delightful. It's, it's holy to be able to share in the character of God. To be like him, to act like him, to shape yourself after him. God gives us that opportunity through our practice of giving. And so if you want to follow God, it's one of the ways of discipleship, of following. Giving reflects the very image of God. But it also, it also increases our trust in God. God, God created us. He created us to trust that he would provide for us, that he would care for us. That's hard to do when so much of our lives, maybe all of our life, we, we could provide for ourselves. We can. We can do it ourselves. Or at least we think we can. And especially when we don't practice generosity. When, when we give an offering in worship, we're not just paying for things. We're saying to God, because that's our worship to God, we're saying, God, I will trust you with everything. That's also the grace in giving. Not just that we can reflect God's character, but that we can throw ourselves on God and say, I'll trust you with everything. That's part of the power of this story of this dance of giving between God and Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. That, that this, this woman who who was in desperate straits outside of the people of God, the formal people of God, outside of Israel, right? So this is a story meant for the ears of the people on the inside. They're saying, look, here's the person on the outside. And, and spectacularly, she has learned to throw herself upon the God of Israel. This in a culture where everybody had their own gods. And yet this woman was able to give it all up to some foreign God, the God of Israel. It's meant to startle people who say they believe in God but they don't trust him. It's meant, this story is meant for our ears, for people who say, oh, I know God. But it's really, really hard for us in a culture of plenty to be able to throw everything upon God's grace, his favor, to trust that he will. Provide. 
you trust him? I mean, whatever your story is, whatever the shape of your life, this lesson to trust God constantly needs to be learned probably over and over and over again. <laughs> a church was having a, a, a meeting, you know, like uh, congregational meetings where you talk about the budget and how much the church is going to spend on this and how much they need for that and so on. And, and in this meeting, people were getting kind of tense and worked up and worried about whether there was going to be enough money and a fella stands up. And he wants to give his testimony on, on, on his learnings on money. So he rises, congregation is quiet, says, I just want to give my testimony. He says, I am a millionaire, and I attribute it all to the blessings of God in my life. The turning point, he said, in my faith was when I earned my first dollar. In church that week, I had to decide to either give my one dollar to God or to not give at all. And then he went on to explain that at that moment, he decided that he would give all his money, that full one dollar bill. I mean, he couldn't rip it in half, so he gave his entire dollar bill to God. And then he said, and I believe that God blessed that decision, and that is why I am a rich man today. And then he sat down, and the congregation was quiet, stunned somewhat by this uh, apparently wonderful testimony. And as he sat down, the lady who happened to be sitting beside him leaned over and said, I dare you to do it again. Giving increases our trust in God. It also encourages us to work with God. People say, the church just always wants money. Or that it just costs too much. And so does a child. Depends what you want. Depends on what matters to you. See, here's a, here's a curious thing in this story that kind of bothered me initially. It, Elijah comes to the widow, asks for a drink of water. She's like, okay. And he's, oh, and I want a sandwich. And she says, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't have a sandwich for you. He goes, don't worry about it. Go ahead, do what you were going to do. Prepare that last meal for your son, but serve me that sandwich first. Like, what kind of guy is this that would place himself first? But, but you got to understand, remember, this story is about God. It's about what God is able to do. It's about God's generosity about his gracious giving. That's what the story's about. And Elijah's representing 
the actions of God. And so what Elijah is calling attention to for this widow is that God's work comes first. What God is up to comes first. What this story is telling the hearers of Israel, what, what he's telling people on the inside, what, he, what he's telling people that are sitting in church on Sunday morning, what he's telling people is that, that with all of the busyness of your life, the priority of our lives is what God is doing. And it's amazing that the widow obeyed and followed. She trusted that the work of God would save her, not her own efforts. So the question is, why why wouldn't we give to the work of God as we worship? The place that you expect to grow as a follower of Jesus. Place where you expect in that small group ministry to be be able to, to learn what it means to follow. To be encouraged, to be supported, to be drawn together, to be to be drawn closer to God. So from that perspective, then it's hard to understand when giving suffers because people don't like what's going on. The passage that was drawn to my attention, uh, particularly years ago, by a fellow member of the congregation who who kept insisting that I needed to preach this, this, this sermon on giving and on monies, And he kept reminding me of Malachi 3, 8 and 10, says this. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? God answers, in tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Giving encourages us to work with God. It's God up to. It's God up to. One Sunday morning, a pastor encouraged his congregation to consider the potential of the church. I'm imagining this was a church in the deep south. A preacher is standing up here and tells his congregation, with God's help, we can see the day when this church will go from crawling to walking. The people responded, let the church walk, pastor. Let the church walk. And then he continued. And when the church begins to walk, next the church can begin to run. And the people shouted, let the church run, pastor, let the church run. The pastor continued, and finally the church can move from running to flying. Oh, the church can fly. But of course, it's going to take a lot of money for that to happen. And the congregation grew quiet. And then from the back, someone mumbled, Let the church walk, pastor. Let the church walk. 
We get to join in on what God is doing in this world. The practice of giving can help us do that. And finally, giving focuses our priorities for God. So here's the question. What exactly does God call us to give? Well, in the Old Testament, God spoke to the people of Israel to say, I want you to give a tenth, one-tenth, 10% of uh, everything you bring in. That was in an agricultural uh, uh, situation. And so they brought in their food, 10% of uh, what they produced and so on. And the New Testament seems to loosen up. Uh, Paul talks about give in keeping with your income. Um, traditionally, we've, we've still used the 10% principle. Seems to work well. Seems reasonable. But what's more important is the principle of holiness. What's holy in your life? And, and can you give in relation to what you regard as holy? Is there anything holy in your life? Anything that you say, this belongs to God as a testimony of acknowledging that everything I have is provided by God. And so maybe 10% seems piddly. Or maybe it seems like an impossibility. A man came to his pastor one day at the beginning of his career, and he said, Pastor, let's sit down together. He said, i got to figure this thing out. He says, I'm just starting my career. I'm, I, I, I want to I I figure this, this giving thing out. So the pastor said, come on, let, let's study this together. Let's pray together, and, and let's, let's talk about this. And so they do. And at the end of that time together, the man stands up. He says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit to you, Pastor, that the rest of my life, I am always going to give God one-tenth of everything that he enables me to earn. Deal, says the pastor. So during the first year, he's earning 100 bucks a week, and so every Sunday he goes to church and he gives $10. Then his income rises, and uh, he's making $1,000 a week. And every Sunday he goes to church, and he deposits $100 into the offering. Then he's making $5,000 a week. And so he faithfully, because he promised, offers $500 a week. Pretty soon his business uh, prospers, and, and it keeps on growing, and it's fantastic. It's amazing. And now he finds himself obligated to bring $1,000 a week into the offering. And that troubles him. And so he goes to the pastor and he says, Pastor, I know I made that promise, but is there any way I could get out of it? Like, I mean, I, I can't keep bringing $1,000 a week. That's, that's just crazy. Is there any way? The pastor says, no, no, there isn't. A promise is a promise. You, you promised to God. You made a commitment to God. 
the man hangs his head and he's like, yeah, I know. But I tell you what, says the pastor, let's get down on our knees like we did way in the beginning. He said, and let's pray. And, and what I'm going to pray is that God will reduce your income back to $100 a week so that you only have to give 10 bucks. Maybe that will make it easier. Tithing or giving helps us to focus our priorities on God, and that's sometimes easy to lose sight of. It's all about what you're willing to exchange, you see. What, what are you willing to exchange for a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks a week? Adam and Eve, story at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they exchanged life for a taste of forbidden fruit. And then here in this story, the widow of Zarephath exchanges her last meal, a taste of her last meal for life. It's all in the exchange, you see. And so in our giving, it's, it's about what you're willing to exchange. Greed for grace, lust for life, happiness for holiness. Because we have a view to the priorities of God. And to recognize those things is a grace of giving. Isn't that the nature of the gospel? It's about what you're willing to exchange. Jesus said if you want to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give it up, if you're willing to exchange it for faith in Jesus, ah, then you gain everything, everything. And so in this series on resolve, we're placing challenges in front of ourselves to see how can we grow in this area of our lives. So this week, what we're going to do is each day, uh, Monday through Friday, we're going to place uh, a daily challenge before you and uh, that challenge is going to be posted uh, on our Instagram story. Uh, so if uh, you're on Instagram, you can find us on Instagram at New Life Abbey. And uh, each day there will be uh, a posting of, uh, of the challenge, maybe a follow-up post of uh, maybe some reflection or something. Uh, and... And then the rest of you are going, oh, I'm not on Instagram, or, or suddenly, you know, you just canceled your account. Um, but uh, we're gonna, we'll, we'll post them on the New Life calendar as well, so you can access that calendar on our website, newlifecrc.ca uh, slash events. 
and uh, it'll show up there or on the New Life app. If you've downloaded our uh, app on your phone, it'll be on there as well under the Events tab. So each day, we're going to encourage, uh, encourage you to, uh, to take a look at uh, your income, your giving, to reflect on what does that say about you, what does that say about your discipleship, what does that say about uh, the challenge in your life, um, and um, take a look at your giving. Maybe it's been a while, maybe you've just gone on automatic pilot and... Um, you just thought that loony that you kept putting in was good enough or something. So we want you to challenge yourself uh, in that area of giving. And so uh, in response uh, to the Word of God, we want to provide an opportunity for the offering. We do it every Sunday. And it's just part of the service. And we announce it and we invite you to come forward and place your money in, in, in the offering box uh, there on the sides of the stage. Um, sometimes that's a little intimidating. Other people say, mm, I'm not comfortable with that. So I'm going to ask the ushers who take care of those boxes. They put it safely uh, away after the service. Just, just linger a little bit so that people have an opportunity after the service uh, to discreetly maybe put their offering in, in the boxes. Uh, so we all have a chance uh, to give an offering today and um, challenge ourselves with the grace of giving, the delight of giving, and to celebrate God's goodness in our lives. So this morning, uh, we're, we're giving for ministries here at New Life, as we always do on the first Sunday of the month, and uh, other Sundays we do other causes and so on, and of course, giving extends beyond uh, this place as well, and uh, so I invite you to, to share in that celebration of what God has done in our lives, to give in thankfulness, in delight, in acknowledging God's grace has been abundant. Let's pray. Father in heaven. Money does cause all kinds of trouble in our lives. We want to surrender it to you this morning. And so in our practice of giving, God, that's our endeavor, is to once again say, God, I don't depend on my money for my life. I depend on you. You are my savior. You are the master of my life. So, So God, take control of my heart and my mind. Take control of my money and my provisions and my possessions and use it for your glory. Use it in your kingdom so that everything that you're up to shines. And then whatever we're able to contribute, God, let that just fall into the background so that we can delight in the grace of giving, in thankfulness, honest thankfulness for what you've done in our lives, and honest delight 
to trust that you will always provide for us even when we don't see it. Even when we don't dare. God, give us courage. Give us faith. Draw us close to you. Reveal yourself to us in in all kinds of good ways that cause us to offer not only our money, but our whole life to you. Open up our lives, God. Open, Open up our lives so that we allow you to enter into our lives, invade our lives even, overtake our lives. For your sake, let your glory shine, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. invite you to just stay seated and let us sing a song over you. Um, Just a wonderful song about our hearts being open to whatever God calls us to do.
stand. In this grace of giving, I've, I've witnessed just wonderful faithfulness from this congregation. And so I'm praising God for that. And so in this week, keep on challenging yourself to open up your life to the generosity of God and reflect that generosity in the way you live your life this week. A generosity of money, but also a generosity of time, a generosity of compassion, a generosity of friendship, a generosity of grace in the stumblings and fumblings of one another. And so may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and always. Amen. All God's people said, amen. Sing this last song together. Make his face shine.